Hey guys, welcome to the shit show of my 20s. I'm so excited that you guys are here. My name's Sophia. I started this podcast in the beginning of April and I got furloughed at the end of March. And quite honestly, it was so hard for me to comprehend and deal with that. I was like, I have two choices right now. I can start the podcast that I've always wanted to start or I can let this really deter me and start emotional eating and just sit on the couch and do nothing. And I decided to go with the first choice. And I'm so glad that I did because I've got to meet so many inspiring people from all over the world. And I hope that you guys see yourselves in some of these stories because I've just been having so much fun. This has been lighting me up so much. And I'm really glad that I put myself out there and decided to start it. You know, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to start it. And I'm so glad that I just did that. And I know as an introvert, it's been pretty hard to like put myself out there, talk in front of a camera, talk to all these people I don't know. But I feel like this has been such a growing experience for me. And I feel like I need to share that with you guys because maybe there's something in your life that excites you but kind of scares you at the same time. And maybe it's time to step into that. Today's guest is Stiff. I love chatting with him. We talk about what inspired him to get into real estate, what it's like to flip his first home at 24, and how he got into the influencer marketing space, and how he just really created this opportunity for himself and made it happen, and so much more. So let's get started. Thank you so much, Stiff, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. I'd love to know a backstory on you. Like, how'd you get into the sales career you have now? What was the inspiration for you to get into real estate? For sure. Yeah. So I appreciate you having me too. I'm actually doing this in my car, as you can see. So try and, we'll try and make it work. But so yeah, I um, my story is a bit weird. So I, I grew up in uh, Orange County, California, and ended up going to USC, you know, did my round of internships, kind of like everyone else. And I was working in the music industry. So I was at Universal Music Group. But I slowly learned that the income in that industry, at least for the first 10 years, is sort of 30, you know, 30 to 50k per year. And for me at the time, it wasn't it wasn't motivating to get out of bed and, and go to work. So I realized I needed to kind of switch up my career. So I graduated from SC and then I started working in real estate. Got my license when I was 18. And I kind of just started, you know, doing open houses for people like Josh um, Josh Flagg, John, uh, Joe Babajian at Rodeo Realty, just kind of trying to figure out the industry. And <clears throat> I realized that I had this knack for like interacting with old rich people. For some reason, I just connect, I connect better with like a 55 year old white man who's like the executive at a company than I do with like a 22 year old, right? So I realized that pretty early and uh, ended up coming to Douglas Elliman, which is one of the top, you know, 10, 15 real estate boutique firms, at least in, in the United States. And it's been great. I mean, I was doing loans. I did about 10 million in loans last year. And then this year, you know, four escrows in the last, um, two, two and a half months and I'm flipping my first house. So just a lot of stuff going on on the real estate side. But uh, I actually have another business that I run called DIV Management, which is um, an influencer marketing agency. So we work with, you know, like Logan Paul, Impulsive Podcast, Mike Malak, Francesco Farrago from um, Too Hot to Handle, basically like coordinating brand deals. So we work with brands like Gymshark, Manscaped, Dollar Shave Club, you know, Simple Health, sort of like the, the broker of those deals. So I, I kind of just found this passion for for deals and negotiating and you know, putting contracts together and, you know, making clients money. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at as of today. Yeah. And have you always been like drawn to sales? Yes, 100%. So I kind of knew early on, you know, my family, I'm Indian. So, you know, obviously a lot of doctors in the fam. And I realized early on that I, 
I didn't know how smart I was. I was like, am I, am I book smart? Am I, am I street smart? And I realized early on that I had this knack for selling stuff. So like I would go on Craigslist and sell, you know, fake watches. Like I got banned from eBay and Venmo for selling like a bunch of fake shit from China. Can I cuss by the way? Yeah. Right, cool. So yeah, just got banned for like selling all that kind of stuff. And then it kind of picked up and I, you know, started getting into party promoting and selling tickets for that. And then, you know, jewelry, e-commerce. And I just realized that sales was just kind of my thing, but I, it was a matter of figuring out what I wanted to sell and what I was passionate about. So, um, I, I feel like it's in my blood, you know, my family, my extended family in India is in real estate too, the developers. So I feel like I kind of caught the real estate bug early on. So, yeah. What is it about real estate that you really love? I love a lot of stuff about real estate. I mean, it, I think for me, it's, I always say this. And if you see my videos on YouTube and stuff, like the best investment on earth is earth. Like, you know, you can put money into the markets or into Apple, but you don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. And you can't really, unless you're like a, an analyst or something, you, like you can't really measure what return you're, you're going to get. But with real estate, it's, it's, it's quite simple. You look at the comps, you look at the sales, you look at what people are willing to pay for the real estate around, you know, whatever proper, wherever the property is that you're selling. So it's just easier to kind of gauge what your return is going to be. And I've realized that you can, I mean, you can make a lot of money in this business. And, you know, I think it's like what 80% of millionaires or something uh, own real estate. So it's, I feel like it's kind of just a, a no brainer at this point. And you know, there's a lot of realtors in California. Like there's like a, a ton of realtors. Did you ever think like going into the space, like maybe there's no room for me? Like there's already so many other realtors out there. No, uh, because every industry is saturated, right? You go into fashion, there's a million fashion designers. You go into acting, there's a bajillion actors in LA, right? With real estate, it's it's similar because everybody and their grandma is a realtor. So it's like, how do you compete with those people and, and actually get their business? But what I realized was, it, it sounds so dumb, but I have this beard, right? Like this great beard that for some reason... It is, I'll be honest, I genuinely think my success, like I'm 24, but my early success in this game has really just been because of my beard. Like, I feel like, because people are like, because they don't realize the age, right? Like when I was 20, I was taking people out to look at like four or $5 million houses and they had no idea I like barely turned 20, right? Like, but I look like I'm 35. So I feel like, I don't even remember what the question was, but I just feel like my beard is is the game changer. What was the question? <laughs> the question is, did you ever feel like there's no space for you oh, no. in real estate? No, not at all. I think I, I know it's a long-term game and, you know, I'm just committed for the long-term. So, you know, no matter what you do, it, it's going to take time. So I, no, yeah, for sure. And if someone wants to get into sales right now, what sales tip would you give them? Yeah. I, if you're getting into sales, I mean, the first thing I would say is make sure you're right mentally and make sure that you you know who you are, try and get your self-awareness up before you get into sales. Not, not even before, because obviously you learn as you go, but like when you're self-aware and, and you really don't care about what people think, you'll realize quickly in sales that every rejection you get, which is nine out of 10 times, like you just don't give a shit because you're just so confident in who you are as a person and the deals will come. You just have to, you have, it's a numbers game. You have to keep putting out effort and you have to have a roadmap. And I would just say, you know, just, uh, if you're doing 10 calls a day or 20 calls a day, like make it a hundred and, and watch out, you know, your business grows like pretty quickly. And if you always had that mindset of always being motivated, even though you hear like, no, or not right now, have you always like held on to that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, I don't, I don't really have a story where it's like, you know, my, I came here when I was five from Russia and my family didn't have money. Like I grew up in a pretty, you know, well-off family, but there was always this thing in me of, 
you know, my parents bust their butt every day. Like my mom was working at home and she was just doing all this, you know, stuff like always cleaning up after me. My dad's a doctor. So he's always out at work and traveling. And I was like, if they've given me this amazing life, like I got to really 10 exit for them and, and pay them back and not even just financially, but like give them a lifestyle that's like stress-free. And I think that's my biggest motivator. So no, I, I think I'm, I'm always motivated like every day and I, I burn out for sure, but I real I've caught it now. Like if I, if I feel like I'm burning out, I'll like take the day off and like, like do nothing. You know what I mean? Which is I think mm-hmm. necessary for sure. And for someone who wants to buy their first home, what advice would you give them? It's a great question. You know, I work with a lot of buyers, especially first-time buyers. And, you know, their question is always, is right now the right time? Should, you know, especially right now with the election coming up, they're like, should we wait till after the election? Because prices might drop. I, I think you have to just know, you have to kind of just know like what what you want, right? Like if you're working in Burbank, you're not going to buy a house in, in Riverside, right? Like you have to know what you're doing. And, and once you know what you're doing with your work and what kind of balance you like with your life, I think then you have to, you have to find an agent who's going to really guide you and, and not be motivated by the money. Because when, you know, you, when you care about your clients, like you, you, you give them the best advice as an agent. And there's a lot of agents out there who just want to close a deal. So as a first time buyer, I would say find the right agent who is not worried about trying to close a deal, but is really trying to help you find a place for yourself, but also make sure that you know what your priorities are. Like, do you want to be close to the beach? Do you want to be, you know, uh, in a city where you have good walkability do you want a combination of those, of those things? I think you just have to, you have to figure out what you want first is the biggest thing. I wonder if some of your favorite areas in California. In California. Oh, so I've had the chance to, to travel a lot. I mean, I've been to a lot of places even internationally, but in California, I would say, you know, Laguna Beach, you can't beat it. Like it's, it's gorgeous. The real estate there is amazing. My goal is to sell is to sell high end in Laguna and, and in Beverly Hills. But right now my game is, is purely in the Inland Empire and Orange County. So lower price point, you know, three to 600K because my thing right now is I want to do volume. I'm not too concerned with selling a $10 million house. Although if I get the opportunity, I would. But my thing is I want to do 50 transactions and learn from each of them and then take all that knowledge and be able to confidently sell a property of that, of that, of that scope, I guess. So my favorite areas you know, uh, Redlands, which, you know, I'm flipping my first house here right now. Riverside is amazing. The 92505 is great. Riverside and Orange County, Fullerton. Fullerton's another great area that I think is going to continue to to grow for sure. And can you go into the story of flipping your first house? Did you know you're going to buy your first house at 24? It's insane. Like I'll, I'll be completely honest. So we bought this house 10 days ago, 10 to 14 days ago. I literally a month ago could not have told you that I was going to buy my first house. Like I wasn't even prepared for it. But I just started putting in offers every week, like four to five offers a week on different stuff for an investment purpose, not not to live in because I'm currently renting, which I regret because I, I think it's a better thing to buy, especially right now if you have the money. But yeah, I, I had no clue, but it, it kind of just happened and I have a partner on the deal and it's it's kind of a beautiful scenario for sure. And what are your thoughts on flipping versus holding, holding the property and just renting it out? Yeah, <laughs> renting right now, you got to be careful, especially just because of COVID and you know, dealing with tenants, there's a lot of different ways for them to not pay rent. So I think as a landlord, it's becoming a lot more difficult because in certain areas and counties, you can't enforce that on your tenants. You can't evict them. So you have to be careful on the rent side. But flipping, I think is great because, you know, the mortgage rates are low. People are buying houses, property values are going up. So I I would say, yeah, I I would say if you have the cash, uh, I would say flip. 
And also I think before you flip though, you got to really understand the different financing options. And that's what I learned is you have to really understand like what the benefit and cons are of going hard money versus cash, you know, versus using family and friends or private investors. Like there's, there's different, you know, benefits to each. So make sure you have a, a strong grasp on, on the financing before you do anything. And for your own personal flip, what are you thinking in terms of timeline? Are you trying to do it like really fast within a couple of months? What are you thinking in terms of like layout also? Yeah. So we, again, we got the house about 14 days ago and it was, it's a purely cosmetic. There's not really anything crazy going on. No demolition. It's all just, you know, some minor roof issues, a couple of leaks, interior paint, redoing the kitchen. We took out all the floors. We're putting in new laminate flooring, like water resistant flooring. And then a couple other minor things and landscaping, and that's really it. So we're thinking, have it on the market in about two weeks. So that's a total of about four weeks of work. But right, right now is actually probably the hardest time to sell a house seasonally because you're in Thanksgiving and then Christmas. So people are kind of chilling out with their families for the next few months. And then maybe top or mid of next year is kind of when things will pick up. But I think the advantage we have right now is the interest rates. And I, I think there's a lot of people who they see the two, 2.6%, 2.7% rates. And they, you know, they just, they just want to jump on it. So it, it's a weird time for sure to be flipping, but you have to make sure that you're in an area that is, uh, is up and coming. And Redlands is a great area because it's this property in particular is right next to Redlands university uh, or university of Redlands. So there's a lot of, you know, great walkability, you got the downtown, uh, downtown Redlands. So just make sure you know the area that you're flipping. in. I think is the, the biggest takeaway. And how'd you get into influencer marketing? Yeah, completely different industry, right? People, people always ask me, like, yeah. what do you do? Like, are you a real estate agent? Do you flip houses? Are you a, a talent agent? And it's really all the, all the above. Like, I, I kind of just do all that stuff because there's plenty of time in the day. And like, I, even though I'm doing all this shit, I, I still get my eight hours of sleep every night, which is super important to me, by the way. Like, I think that's a whole different topic we should talk about because I, I think sleep is, is huge and people sleep on it. No pun intended. But uh, what's it called? Yeah. So I, I, uh, I started working with this guy, Mike Malak, who's the co-host of the impulsive podcast, which is Logan Paul's podcast. And I brought him a brand deal from this Viagra company called blue chew. And if you follow Mike's content, you'll, you've, you would have seen this uh, integration in like the last like six to eight videos. So I brought him this deal because he's dating the, uh, one of the biggest porn stars or X, sorry, X porn stars, Mike, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, X porn stars in the world. And I was like, hmm, it'd be cool to have like a Viagra company fit into that. So I reached out to the Viagra company. I pitched them Mike without even having Mike as a client because I, like, I, I didn't even know him, but I figured if I brought him a deal, he would answer. So they responded. They'd offered a, a six-month contract for a six-figure amount. And I just cold emailed him uh, off of Instagram. And I was like, yo, like I have this deal for you. Would, you. would you do it? And he called me in like 10 minutes and he said, yo, let's do it without even knowing who I am. And then after doing that deal, obviously helped me get some credibility. And I started working with Logan Paul and his team. And now we've got about 135 influencers that we have in network and working with a lot of great brands like Gymshark, Manscaped, you know, uh, Rory Skincare, like the list goes on. So that business, to be quite frank, is, is really funding all of my real estate ventures. So yeah, I, I love doing both of them. I think it, it real estate is not so creative all the time, but when you have something like influencer marketing, which is very creative, it, it kind of gives me a little bit of peace. You know what I mean? And how do you meet, like, did like one influencer help you like introduce you to all the others or do you like try and cold message or try and find new influencers or? 
Yeah. yeah. So Mike was my first biggest client. He's got about, I think, two and a half million subs on uh, on YouTube. And he kind of introduced me to Logan's team. So Logan's manager. And then I did a couple um, brand deals for Logan uh, or his podcast. And then from there, the word kind of just spread. Like, you know, Mike knows a lot of people and he kind of connected me with, you know, FaZe Clan and the Ace family and all these different, these different influencers. And then it, from there, to be honest, like my business besides that, besides the referrals has been purely built off of cold email. And that's why I, I think cold email is so powerful. But, you know, if you DM someone on Instagram or you send them an email and you have value to provide, it's very likely that they'll respond to you. But I think a lot of people get discouraged because they're like, oh, like the Ace family is never going to work with me because who am I? Like I haven't done shit. But it's like literally email them three times and you'll probably get a response. So that, that's kind of how my influencer business was built. And from do, working with all these influencers, what do you think is something that we don't realize about influencers? Uh, they're, influencers are, are just people. I mean, they have a ton of clout. And it's like the word that they like to use, but like they're just people. And I think people see them in the media and they think they're these like untouchables, but really they're just like you and I, like they're just normal, normal people. But all, the other thing I would say is they work 10 times harder than any other people that I know. Cause they constantly like on camera, they're vlogging every day, posting every day. And like, I don't think people realize how like filming yourself constantly can take quite a bit of a toll on your body. And you know, I started my YouTube channel about two years ago and I've been vlogging every day and it's been, it's been hard, even though my channel hasn't grown that much. Like it's, it's been really tough. So I, I respect influencers like quite a bit. And the other thing is to be quite honest, influencers with good numbers are making more money now than guys in private equity and guys in real estate. And, and people don't realize how much money there is in, in the influencer space. Do you think the influencer space is crowded or you think there's still room to become an influencer? There's still room. I mean, you look at people, I forget the girl's name on TikTok, not Addison Ray, but there's a new girl who's been promoting like body positivity and, you know, she's just making videos like by her pool. And I think two days ago she signed to, I think it was either ICM or UTA, which are like two of the top talent agencies. So like, I think you just have to be on the right platform. I think a lot of people are just trying to do YouTube right now. And I, I don't think that's going to work. I think you have to have a combination of YouTube, TikTok, Triller, you know, Instagram, et cetera. So I think, yeah, there's definitely an opportunity for sure. And what's something you're learning right now? <laughs> I'm learning every day, to be honest. I mean, through every real estate deal and every influencer deal I do, I learn a shit ton. One thing I'll tell you though, is the importance of having a strong legal team, I think is is one of the most like significant things I've learned in the last few months, especially as I start to do more business and I get more involved with different people and entities, you have to have a legal team that's going to back you and that's going to give you the right advice. And uh, yeah, that would be my, my biggest thing that I'm learning is that other than that, I'm learning what's it called yoga, <laughs> like on the fun side, outside of business, I'm doing yoga. Boxing is another thing. I try to do a lot of things outside of work that kind of just like keep me, you know, mentally right for sure. Also learning how to DJ. It's really fun. And what is something you're excited about right now? Getting this fucking house sold is what I'm excited about, for sure. Getting this house sold, then I'm going to travel, probably go to Bali for like two weeks, do that. And then I've got a couple crazy deals that I, I'm excited to to put together, like sort of higher level partnerships that I'm working on on the, on the brand space. So excited for those. And uh, I just bought a new car, so I'm excited for that. There's a lot of stuff going on. I, I, I like to stay busy, so I'm constantly just like kind of moving around, but yeah, I just, I'm excited for my, my days. Like when I'm awake, like it's, yeah, I feel like my, my life is fun. Cause I, I do things that I, I enjoy. And what's something that keeps you grounded? I don't know how grounded I am. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm kind of like a, 
I mean, I'm grounded in the sense that like, I know where I come from and I know my roots and I, you know, I'm very in touch with like my Indian uh, roots and stuff. And I speak Hindi fluently, but I don't know how grounded I am in terms of like being humble. Cause I, I'm not, because it's like, I mean, I I've been at this for like 10 years now and I was like, I think 14 is when I started my first business. So like I've been, I feel like I've just been doing this and doing this like in terms of just working. So I wouldn't say I'm, I'm humble at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I like nice things and I'm, I'm not afraid to have nice things, but, but no, I mean, I'm being, I'm being kind of like comedic, but like, yeah, I mean, I, I, for sure, I think family and, you know, a lot of my close friends have had family members that have passed away from random stuff like colon cancer and all this random shit. And it's kind of just given me that, like, you know, being grateful mentality for having my family and, and people around me that I, I care about. So I think that's a big thing. What's something that most people don't know about you? Mm, I was a child actor. I was on TV shows growing up. <laughs> so I don't, I don't talk about it much, but I was on like Victorious and CBS and a couple other like TV shows. So I think that was, yeah, that was something for sure that people don't know about me. What's something you want to leave in 2020? Leave in 2020. Oh, that's a good one. Mm. Ooh, man. Something I want to leave in 2020. Oh God. I, I, that's such a good question. I would say politics. I don't want to hear another thing about politics in 2021. Like I don't want to hear Trump's name. I don't want to hear Biden's name. I don't want to hear Kamala Harris and Mike Pence. Like I'm just kind of pretty fed up with, with all that. And even though it does impact us as business owners, I I think, I I think people listen to that stuff too much and it, it drains people mentally. And, you know, if you look at gun sales recently are shooting up because people are scared for their lives. And I think it's all driven by politics. So I, I want to leave politics in 2020 and also COVID because I want to get back to, you know, going out and having fun. And if you can go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self, what advice would you give them? That was four years ago. I would say, yeah. oh, there's so much shit that I would, I would tell myself. I mean, I'd say the first thing is like, stop trying to act like a thug and stop wearing gold chains because it's not going to make you money. It just makes you look like a douche. That's the first thing. Uh, it, it got bad. Like I was wearing like gold grills and stuff. And like, I, I really thought I was a rapper because I was working in the music industry. So like I was just around that culture so much. And I'm not going to lie. I still have a lot of jewelry, but like it's more timeless and stuff. So I would say stop, stop trying to act like someone you're not. And then also be present in moments that matter. So like if you're with family on a boat, you know, in Newport, hanging out like don't be on your phone don't be sending emails like literally turn your phone off and just be in that moment because you know like your mom could die 10 minutes later knock on wood like you never know so i would say just be present there's so many things i would tell myself yeah but though i said those are the, the the two biggest things and also expose yourself to more expose myself to more things so like more art or more movies more sports like learn about more stuff so that when you're in business like real estate, you're talking to so many different kinds of people. You want to make sure you can carry conversations about the randomest shit. You know what I mean? So that, that's the mm-hmm. other thing I would say is just be, be open-minded and, and just keep, keep learning all day long. Well, thank you for doing this. No, thank you. I love talking. So this is great. Uh, I hope we get to meet in person sometime soon. And I'd love to have you on my podcast. Yeah, I'm totally down. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And where can people connect with you? Yeah, pretty much everywhere. Uh, TikTok, Instagram, at Davij Vaswani. YouTube is at DivTV. And then email is just uh, Davij at DIVmanagement.com. But LinkedIn is probably the the best place. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.